Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, your sports coach, guide on the side, World Cup update. It's halftime, just after halftime. 42 seconds in. Boom. What's the score? 0-0. Zero, zero. We have about uh, 45, sec- 45 minutes left in the game. Belgium versus the USA World Cup. Scary. You know, once they have a sport where the score comes out 97-93. Okay, Rob. Then I'll watch the World Cup. Are you Rob, talking about- don't talk sports. And you should be able to get three-point <laughs> goals. Ravi! If you kick the ball from far enough out. This is, this is honestly very exciting. Very exciting because Argentina just went through. So whoever wins this match plays Argentina. Argentina is where I went on my mission. I actually have an Argentine jersey. So I won't know what to wear. If America wins, if the USA wins, I mean, I'm going to have to decide, do I wear my only jersey because I don't have a USA jersey? Or do I wear my Argentine jersey but cheer for USA? You, you know what you could do? I have a sewing machine that I found at DI. We could cut your Argentine jersey in half and sew an American flag to it. Okay, you are not helping. Uh, I got a better solution for you. You wear your Team USA jersey. Don't have one. Buy one. Get a Team USA jersey. Wow. Yeah, this is getting real commitment right here. And then root for Team USA. Do do you have an American flag? Yes, but you can't cut an American flag. Yeah, Mike, don't. Have you not not read the handbook? No, you will die. People will kill you. Well, okay. What if you just wear it instead of your jersey? Just wear, just have the American flag so, draped over you. Don't, just, don't so, wear a so, shirt. Take no, your shirt wear. off. Drape a flag. There, there's an easy way to do this. When Argentina's up, wear your Argentina jersey. When America's up, wear your American jersey. Okay. What if they're up at the same time, though? That's the dilemma. You know oh, what? They're tied. You know, I, I'll take care of it. Just leave me alone. <laughs> I'll take care of it. <laughs> I, I already have it figured. I'm going to drape my flag over me. Take oh. my shirt off, drape my flag over. Yeah, I think that was the best solution. God bless the U.S. And then hope right? nobody walks in. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what you doing there? Just draping the flag over my naked body. Showing off my Is that my not the ab. weirdest thing in the world? This, this is like taking over. People are falling in love with World Cup soccer. And I know why. Why's that? Because politics is so horrible to watch. that's what we're talking about today is public service public servants they're just not as exciting to watch as world cup soccer well world cup soccer is like world politics at its finest that's how i feel it do you do well okay they might be actually because some countries have biters that's what i was going to say some people bite uh there's a lot of flopping yep Yep. this is something we haven't talked about there is complaining a lot of floppage a lot of bitage uh, so sometimes it's weird because you can just add more time. Like, it's a weird sport because normally the time is the time. But in soccer, they can add four more minutes to the end of the game, which is kind of like, you know, politics. They have, Politics, like, if they don't like the bill, they'll pass it, but then they'll just add stuff to it at the end. And you, don't, you actually don't know. So is this the bill? Nope. It's over. Yeah. There's the bill. Again, I'm not a pro, but we've got a pro coming in today. Speaker of the House of the Utah State House of Representatives, Speaker Lockhart is here. Wow. This is huge. We have to sit up straight. I'm, I'm, boy, I'm glad I'm wearing a collared shirt. I, I wish wow. I would have worn my BYU yeah, shirt today. I wish you guys had just, <laughs> oh, between the no. two of you, you couldn't bring one collar. Uh, <sighs> man. I could run home real quick. Well, Becky Lockhart's going to be disappointed. Her, her husband stands here as well. Stan and Becky, we're having them come talk to us about, not about politics, because honestly, 
wah, 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 boring. We're talking about service, community service. If they asked you right now, if your president called you up right now and said, James, I need you to come back to D.C. and I need you to date one of my daughters. No, let's not go there. I need you to serve the, the country. Hey, but, Mr. President, I'm not wearing a collared shirt. Well, you, he'd get you one. Would you, would you just jump right now and go serve the country? Well, if duty calls, then, you know, it's my country. Okay. I have to go. That's good. I wouldn't. Really? What? I'm really busy. So what would, what would you tell the president? Yeah. You tell him you're just busy? Sorry, well, you know Mr. why president. I wouldn't? Here's why I wouldn't. I would. I would go. If the president called, I'd go. But I'm, he's not the, calling me. What if the vice president called? No, I wouldn't answer. <laughs> I don't even know him. Um, no, I wouldn't go. You know why? Because they, I would never go into politics. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but a lot of people make fun of them. Oh, big time. You know. Anybody know of uh, Rob Ford? Oh, yeah, Toronto mayor. Yeah. Canada. Yeah, poor guy, had a drug addiction, went into rehab, got in trouble, got in a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, so you have, you have just, you know, a lot of humans have problems, and now all of a sudden you're the mayor, and then you have your problem publicly, and then you got to go to rehab, and then you come back, and then everyone makes fun of you. Do you know what the real tragedy is, though? What's that, Rob? It's time to make a Rob Ford movie, and the actor <laughs> who should have played Rob Ford— is no longer with oh, us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chris Farley. Chris Farley would have been great. He, he could have played a perfect Rob Ford. But see, I just saw a show. I, don't, I think it was Fallon. I don't know who it was. Jimmy Fallon. But was it um, – they put Rob Ford's head on a big body, like a big muscly body, not a big heavy body. And he had been away for three months, gone to all these things, had doctors working on him, lost a lot of weight, I guess. And then they put like this beefy body and everything he was saying was kind of just – it was, it, they were mimicking the man. That's why I wouldn't go into politics. You can't be human. You have to have thick skin. That much is certain. What are you saying about Mr. Ford? He, no Metaphorically. <laughs> metaphorically. You caught it. Isn't it funny, though, that we beat up so bad these, these uh, public servants, these well, people who are there to, to help us? Well, and then we're mad, and then we wonder why aren't there better people? Yeah. Well, because who would want to go into that firefight? That's crazy. I just did. I went and did a search. You ready? Uh, I went to Huffington Post. Here's some of the headlines. Let me do. Let me do. There's two I went to. Huffington Post. These are all political headlines. Right. And um, the Drudge Report. So Drudge <laughs> is kind of the conservative beatdown. And maybe we'll say, I don't know if Huffington Post is. But uh, here's some of the headlines of um, President Jokes Pastry Chef Laces Pies with Crack Cocaine. Oh, my God. He makes one joke. It's a national headline now. Michelle Obama says there's no crack in the pies at the White House. That's very good to know. Uh, some are claiming that uh, Valerie Jarrett uh, has a cult at the White House. Hmm. Wow, these are great headlines. Aren't these great? Yeah. Um, school. Oh, uh, so sue me. Defiant Obama taunts Republicans. School complies with Michelle O's rules and bans birthday cupcakes. So now she's ruining birthdays. Listen, you can't win. Huffington Post has a strange effect on, the Chris, on Chris Christie. Kind of makes him sick. Isn't that weird? How do you win? How do you ever get ahead in this game? You're under a microscope. All it's eyes horrible. are on you. It's just a job site hazard. Construction people have to deal with bulldozers or and cars industrial running, yeah. hazards. Firefighters have to deal with burning buildings. Politicians have to deal with the media. They have to deal with public ridicule. That's what they have to deal with. And then we wonder why, why we have these horrible... Uh, statistics for how bad people can't stand congress and so what are those who knows the statistics what what is the uh, pr- what is the 
Do we know, Rob? Have you found that? Approval rating? The approval rating of Congress. For Congress? Uh-huh. Um, believe it or not, there are. Um, it's not quite at its all-time low. Oh, good. back a little bit. Oh, we've got some yeah. time. Oh, boy. It's almost at its all-time low. 13% of people approve of Congress's job. That is really, really low. What's the all-time low? Uh, 9%. Well, or the all-time low on my graph here yeah. you know, goes back five years. You know, Tip O'Neill once said, all politics is local. And so I have a feeling on a local level, you, you're probably getting a different caliber of oh, quality. Yeah. You betcha. I mean, you still got your misfits, right? But I know our guests today, Stan and Becky Lockhart. Uh, Becky is the sitting Speaker of the House. I think – I don't know how this works, but she's not running again. So she's – you know, I don't, I don't know. I think they have one more session later in the year, don't they, Rob? And we'll find out. We'll but, ask her. But here's the deal. But they've given their lives many, many years as a family to be in politics and to work locally. You know, for the benefit of the of Utahns. And I want to find out from them what is what is the draw, A, and what actually keeps them in when it gets so ugly and difficult. It's definitely not the paycheck. It's not the paycheck, I'm assuming. Yeah. Pretty sure it's not that. Because that's all public record yeah. and it's nothing. You know. Well, yeah, you could. But, but I guess, too, they're very good at what they do. I mean, Utah's a very well-run well state. And I'm sure Becky Lockhart has something to do with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. For, we're also, I want to find out what it does to the family. Because if my dad was running, I'd be in trouble. How many times have you seen one kid bring down <laughs> their dad, the politician, or their mom? Quite a few. That's my favorite thing. Is the, uh, who was it? Rudy Giuliani's son. Yeah, that his was uh, son off. was, what was it? Uh, mimicking the, uh, who, yeah. who swears in the mayor? Like the, the, the court, the Supreme Court. Yeah. The, the judge. The, the justice. Yeah. yeah. And then in the background, his son's... He's like, oh, I bet that kid got spanked. <laughs> Gosh. So, um, would you guys run for office? We're going to... You, gonna, know. you, know, you, you would, Mike. You know what? It, yeah, he would. Can't you see Mike running for office? Yeah, definitely. I, you already look like a politician. <laughs> I don't you. know what that means. But that, would you do it? Would you do it? You know what? I If there's a point in my life where there's an opportunity to serve, I, I think that would be a Did a you say serve op- or surf? Serve. Okay. Because Bronco Mendenhall loves to serve. He does. So I would serve if I were Bronco. But I would serve. Would I serve? I don't know. Really, if you knew you could go in and have a good shot at winning the governor's race. Man, do you want that responsibility, though? Oh, would, my gosh. I that would. is That is huge. Yeah. I, I don't know. So, I don't know. Mike, should we start campaigning for you right now? Mike, um, 20, what do you, what do you want to run Mike for? Mike, 2048. Let's 3034. 2034, Mike. Okay, 2034. Mike and let's have you not run for anything. But let's have you run for something like the uh, chief mosquito abatement officer. That would be great. school board. Yeah, that's public service <laughs> right there. Don't you think? Yeah. I think you'd be great on the abatement committee. The, the nation has a problem, and I want to solve it. We're sick and tired <laughs> of having the blood sucked out of you. So HO, HOA vice president. He oh, could he'd run be for great. That. He'd be great. Homeowners association. Oh, he'd need a home. Oh, oh that's yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, kind of okay. a killer. So we're going to be joined um, in just a minute by uh, Speaker of the House, Becky Lockhart, her wonderful husband, Stan Lockhart. They're going to come in. They're talking service today, folks. How do we catch the fire of service? The service doesn't just have to be to your community. It could be in your family. It could be to the state. It could be to your church, to your God. 
service. That's today's topic. Public service might be where we begin. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. In the house, are almost we have almost have royalty in the house, except we don't believe in such a government. So instead, instead we have uh, Speaker of the Utah House of Representatives, Becky Lockhart. Hi. How are you? Good. Thank that's, you. That's about all the intro you need. And on your left, you like to call him Stud Muffin, Sir sure, Stan Lockhart. Sure. Oh, yeah. Stan's Stan's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Stud Muffin. (laughs) That's what he told me. He told me the other day, like, she likes to call me Stud Muffin. I'm like, that's a little personal, Stan. Wow. Really? You you didn't say that? No, he didn't. (laughs) Stan and I see each other every year when we speak to the legislator's spouses. Yeah. You've never come over. No, because I'm usually legislating. Well, I know, but if you cared. Oh, I'm sorry. Well... Oh, speaker Lockhart. Apologize for that. Sorry to throw it down like that in the first sorry, five minutes. Sorry. Uh, so good to have you. Let me just give your bios because everyone's going to be like, whoa, we've got near royalty. Um, uh, Becky Lockhart, also Rebecca D. What was your maiden name, Rebecca? Tower. Rebecca D. Tower. Really? Rebecca Dawn. Dawn. Tower's my maiden name. Though. Yeah. yeah. Rebecca Tower, then Lockhart, married Stan the man. Uh, she, she, I'm not going to tell when you were born, uh, very young, and is an American politician, Republican member of the Utah House of Representatives. Lockhart represents 64th District in Provo, Utah. She's the current Speaker of the House of in Utah and, by the way, serves as the state's first female speaker. Yeah, and, and for my constituents in Northern Springville, I also represent them. Okay, so not just Provo, let's but get this, yeah, Northern District Springville in as well. Provo and Northern Springville. Yeah. Uh, how many are then? We won't go there. Um, Stan, 38,000 approximately. Are there really? Yes. You went to BYU. You yes. did, Becky. And Stan, you have served on Provo City Council. You've also been the chair of the Utah Republican Party. And now you're a lobbyist with an L. You're a lobbyist. You know how people feel about those. Right, Stan? Can I clarify I'm a, that? I'm a government affairs manager. Okay, there you go. For Micron. Yeah, let's let's be clear. There's a couple of different kinds yeah, of lobbyists, that, right? So you have lobbyists, which are contract lobbyists, which work for frankly anybody who pays them, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't the, need to denigrate them. No, that's, but that's the dark what they side. Do. That's the dark that's side. That's a lobbyist, right? Okay. Then there are people who are like industry lobbyists who work for like the Association of Counties or the yeah. Association of Manufacturers, the associ- certain associations. Then you have individuals who actually work for one corporation or one company. And do their affairs. And do their affairs. affairs. And so by law have to register as lobbyists. So there's oh. various kinds of lobbyists. Stan is one of those third kinds. Because I was going to say, you're married to a lobbyist. I am. But the other kind. The good healthy well, kind. Well, one of the three. Yeah. One of the three kinds. You guys, did you ever think this is where you'd be? No. I mean, not the Matt Townsend show. But did you ever think that you were ever going to be Speaker of the House? I mean, seriously, no, that's, no, a great no, 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 no. that's a great role you're playing. You're changing lives. Uh, yeah, not, not in the plan. At least How not did in this the come to be? Plan. Um, when I, I met I, Becky, when we got married, yeah. she wouldn't even give a prayer in church because she was so distraught at getting kidding? up in front of a crowd of people. Yeah. The Speaker wouldn't even pray publicly. 
Well, I would. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I don't that, know who enjoys it, but... James loves it. He always volunteers <laughs> yeah, I just, when there's a prayer. I mean, it's not like I would say I, I refuse yeah. to pray yet. in church, you know, but I didn't, I didn't volunteer mm-hmm. by any means. Where did the confidence come from? Or did um, you just sit there and think, look, there's this, we need some changes. I'm getting in there. Well, being in the house wasn't... I had told Stan early in our marriage that someday I thought it would be cool. It would be fun to be in the legislature. Really, yeah. Thinking it would be when I was a grandma, when yeah. my kids were grown and, and those kinds of things. But as things happened, it, it ended up working out for us sure. when it worked out. And, and I served. And being speaker was, you know, I had a colleague that he and I used to joke about, yeah, after me, you know, kind of thing. Just oh, on the side, ha, ha, ha. And you ran He's around. He's not in the legislature anymore. But did you that was a, one you, of my first phone calls. You didn't calls. get rid of him, did you? No, because okay. voters did. But um, uh, that'll do it. <laughs> but um, one of my first phone calls was to him and said, "Hey, after me." Anyway, yes, kind of funny. But um, it was never really in the plan. Yeah. Uh, I just saw a need and and knew that I, if I uh, wanted to make a change, I had to be in the position to make a change. And so I went for it, and here I am. Well, and it really says a lot because Utah is maybe a little slower at bringing the women in than maybe yeah. the rest of the world. I don't know if that's true, but. You you I, you got right in there. And you know you what I took people it. ask me a lot about that. They ask me about did you feel this sexism thing mm-hmm. in the legislature? And I have to say maybe a little bit. Did you? But what I really felt uh, was more of an ageism kind of thing because I was only twenty nine when I was first elected. Yeah, you're a punk. And that year I was the youngest member. There's since been younger members elected, and probably previous to yeah. that, uh, um, when the you know. The average age of, you know, when did people used to die in their 40s or yeah, 50s, right. Right? right? I mean, you know, so there were, I'm sure there were plenty of younger people uh, elected and serving. But that that year, that term, I was the youngest. And that I felt that probably a little bit more than I ever felt the sexism thing. Or did you really? And mm-hmm. then you, I guess you just work your way up. And yeah, then you're, you, just, you're, you're serious just in about it. You just get it. it. You, you understand the issues. You do the homework. You um, make comments when yeah. necessary, when needed, um, that, that show that you're serious about it, that you've done the homework and all of that. And pretty soon that goes away, too. And then you're, I guess you're eventually on every committee in the world. Not everyone. Appropriations, but. legislative expense oversight, administrative rules. A lot of those are by virtue of, of the position. A lot okay. of those committees. Oh, do they? Um, are but they? also those are, those are um, areas of great interest yeah. to me and have been the entire time. What's it like, Stan, though? Does she bring this home? Because this everyone knows her. She's the big deal. She, what's it like to be married to the speaker? I mean, that's a weird question. Like, you know her as Becky. Well, that's the reason we have you come speak to the spouses every year. I know, but she's never there. (laughs) Um, We can't fix her if she's never there, Stan. That's why we brought you on, Becky. um, So what happens to these people is they get elected, and suddenly there's a lot of attention on them. And it feeds their ego. And they they really – I mean, not on purpose, but they they start focusing on that rather than focusing on, on their spouse and on their kids. And so it's just it's just really a it's kind of a shock to the family. And over time, you either keep them grounded mm-hmm. and you figure out strategies on how to engage them and yeah. how to keep keep that relationship going or it's easy to lose. I bet it is, isn't it? Yeah. And I bet nationally. Is this a bigger deal nationally, too? I mean, it seems like the, I get so sick of watching national politics now. Everything's so polarized. Every What's happening? Yeah, it's extremely polarized, but also um – 
And I heard you talking about this earlier. Why would someone choose to do yeah. this, the kind of media scrutiny, the kind of attention that's to not just the person running for office, but their entire family? Your whole family and no family is perfect. No. I mean, I've, I've no. learned that a long time ago in my own family growing up. Right. I just think, oh, I have such a great family. So perfect. <laughs> Everybody has issues, right. you know. I mean, sure. there is no perfect family. So you learn that. And, and, and so, yeah, there is a huge risk going into politics, especially these days. We live in a... TMZ, National Enquirer type of world totally. where everyone wants to hear about the, the dirty secret or, you know, whatever, yeah. something you did in seventh grade or, you know, whatever. And that that's a risk that you take. And, and we've had kids that haven't been perfect, um, but but they've they've had to deal with a lot. They yeah. really have. Oh, and, I bet. And I mean, you're, your I, face is in the picture and then all of a sudden kids are saying, what's well, so it your mom? Yeah. Why'd she do that? Yeah. And let alone think, I mean... I don't know. I look at it. I would that. I guess is that dissuading people? Is that pushing people away from serving? I think, think it is. That's I a think it dissuades quality. a lot of really well qualified, great people from yeah. serving, and that's unfortunate. That's to the detriment of our entire system uh-huh. of government. Even the family. It seems like if you have a family, you'd be even less inclined to do it. Like, because yeah. I wouldn't want my kids to go through that. Let alone me having to travel away every week. Is it different in a state level or a local level? Because you did it in the community. Yeah, in fact, it's interesting that when we, as as we were married and started a family and and kind of got started, you know, I, I really kind of felt like I was going to get the chance to serve and kind of was on all sorts of committees at at, at the local level yeah. and, and uh, was involved in the political party um, before Becky got started doing that, and then kind of just as a result of that grassroots involvement, we've had just a ton of really neat opportunities, but our kids. Um, there have been downsides to it, but if you take it as a whole and you look at who they are today, they are better because of of, of our service, but particularly Becky's service. Really, they, they they have a better worldview. They How many have, kids do you have? We have three, three boys, girls, two girls, and then a boy. How old's the oldest? Um, she'll be twenty four next <gasps> month. This month, yeah, in like uh, a week. Yeah. Okay. No, I remember her. Now she's is she taking a political class? What's she doing? Her she made she got her degree here from BYU in political science. She's going to be like her uh-huh. mommy. Well, maybe. I don't so know. scary. Yeah. She's in politics. She's still kind is of she? in the arena. Uh huh. Is she going to run your committee? What committee? I don't know. I'm just trying to trap you. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm just yeah. trying to trap you into an oh, announcement yeah. you don't our, want to yeah, make that you don't even know daughter, you're Our second daughter will be uh, 22 this month. And um, she just recently uh, married. So we have a son-in-law, yeah, you have a son-in-law, which is great. That's great. A wonderful guy who is a, a veteran. Really? Uh-huh. Wonderful. And uh, just, a, just a, they're doing great. But, they live in they Salt met, Lake. But they met when they were interns in the legislature. See. Yeah. It's but, in but the her, she, she, as much as she... Uh, isn't her major is uh, is chemical engineering? Oh, really? But you know, has a great interest in in politics as yeah. well. So she she leans that direction a little bit. Who's as well. the baby? Baby boy. Our our son Stephen. He just left uh, three weeks ago. Four weeks ago. Four now. weeks ago <sighs> on his mission. You guys are empty nesters. Yeah. We okay. We're gonna have to talk. That's about That's a whole too. different. We, I mean, we could spend an hour. No, on we that. are. We're going to. Oh. We'll, well, we may have to go really long. It's life changing. <laughs> because here again, we've got Speaker of the House Becky Lockhart and her wonderful husband Stan Lockhart. Um, uh, not a law, a lobbyist by definition, but really just, just a great, guy. just a great guy. Works for Micron, <laughs> government affairs. You know, he's the man, the myth, the legend. We're learning about service and public service. And I think by the end of this, hopefully you'll be have a desire, at least some desire, to serve at some level somewhere. 
We're talking public service, life service, family service, community service with the Lockhart's. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. back friends to the matt townsend show we are joined by <laughs> as close to royalty as you can get it sounds so bad but um rebecca lockhart becky lockhart is joining us she is the speaker of the utah house of representatives and her wonderful husband stan lockhart who is he likes to be called the man the myth the legend that's actually on his bio right there and uh, he's all, they're both parents of three wonderful children, two daughters, one son. They're empty nesters. And uh, one's an introvert, one's an extrovert. Yeah, we were... Just like my was wife it, Last I. week, week before, after our son left, we kind of looked at each other like, what are we doing in this house? we got to downsize. You need a smaller house. <laughs> I don't think I've been in the basement for a week or so. <laughs> See, that's, isn't that great? You know, empty nesters, I don't want to scare you. Divorce rate goes up like 16%. Yeah. So let's just come see me. If you guys would come be on the show weekly, we could probably pull you through this. <laughs> I discovered, though, that 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 she pays more attention to me now in the last three weeks than she did before that. Did and you? that yeah. and, and I try to pay more attention to her. Yeah. And the last three weeks have actually turned out to be much better than I thought they would be. Really? Because she always, lost her boy. Yeah. I always envisioned that as empty nesters, we'd be spending more time together and not really liking it that much. Yeah. But it's a good life. It is. Which, which tells us that we probably, I mean, why would you want to mess that up? Like, why would you want any other office? Again, she's not saying anything. That's the second time I've tried to trap her. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good at dodging it. She's not, um, she's not saying a thing. I think what's cool about um, you guys, I would never do what you do. It's too much risk. Right? Yeah, but, there's risk. But you kind of – I guess nobody goes in saying, I'm going to be the speaker. You went in just trying to serve your community. And then you worked your way up and you figured out, I can influence these people. And I guess that's how it happens though, huh? And maybe – That's how it should happen. Don't you think you should watch out for the one that's like, no, I'm going to go be president? Well, I don't know if you should watch out for that. But I definitely was not a person who – who, you know, at age four, I'm going to be president of the United States, you know, kind of thing. She's like, honey, you don't even pray. Yeah. Come on, Becky. If you would pray, you might get to be. I pray a, privately. Yeah, you do. Um, what What do we need to do? So you you have you don't have like a lot of time on your hands. You just have the regular amount of time that the rest of us have. What are the Lockhart's doing now? Uh, now that Becky's not going to run again, so that probably opens up some time as well. What do we do? Do we just go on walks around the park? What do we? I mean, well, how do you guys stay I'm, busy? I'm not home a lot. Even now, I mean, the still? Speaker of the House is essentially full time. It's full time. Um, I have a lot of respect for the speakers before me who had outside professions. Oh. Um, it's it's. I am the CEO, right, of the House of Representatives. Right. So I have five employees that work for the House, and there's all those technical kind of administrative yeah. things that go on. We oversee three legislative offices: the the Legislative Auditor General, the Office of Legislative yeah. Research and General Counsel, and the the Fiscal Analyst Office. So there's a lot of those kinds of things to do. I have a really good Chief of Staff that does most of that. That. But, but there's also some issues that I really care about that as we work through the interim, as we have meetings once a month, we have task forces, things that I want to see through that I want to kind of um, prep 
Mm-hmm. As I leave in December and then and the next person comes in and the next the new leadership team that comes in, there are some things that I'd like to see move forward and uh, and I'm working on those. What are some of those? Like what like what is your pet peeve thing? What's your favorite little well, eye right, you want to see? Right now, um, working a lot on uh, the federalism issue and, and specifically the federal yeah. lands issue. I think that's, that's an issue scary that right needs, now, right? Well, it needs to be yeah. talked about and, and and mostly what I'm working on is just education, is talking to people about what this means why this matters to the state of Utah, why it matters to all of the West. We've forgotten a lot of our history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, we why, fought for a lot of this land. Yeah. Well, and yeah. why Why uh, there seems to be a dividing line between the East and the West mm-hmm. in this country and what happened and what does that mean for Utah and what does that mean, uh, which transitions me into um, the other issue I'm working on a lot, which is the uh, – technology initiative for public schools. Oh, man. And so, um, and a lot of our challenge in Utah has to do with funding public schools. And when you look at the relationship between the amount of federal land and the amount of access to the land that we have versus our ability to to fund our schools, uh, they're related. They're absolutely related. And um, in fact, the middle, the Midwest, what we call the Midwest now, 100 years ago was the West. They made the same argument. 90% of their states, you know, Upwards, uh, some some of them had ninety uh, percent or more, you know, controlled by the federal government. They went to Congress and said, "We can't fund our schools. We can't have economic development." The same things That's that we're right. talking That's about right. now. And what did the federal government do? Congress, Congress disposed of the land. So it's it, this isn't something new, no. and they're related issues. So those are things I'm it's, working that on. That maybe is part of the deal, huh? You have to educate a lot in politics, and it's almost like we don't have as a populace the attention span to care. Until we get kicked in the nose, right? Well, until all of a sudden something's happening. That's the exciting thing is you got to find new ways of, of, of packaging the information, mm-hmm. right? It no longer do people, very few, wake up, get the paper off the front porch, read it during breakfast, you know, yeah, cover to cover. Right. That's just not the way we get our information anymore. So how do you find new ways to deliver the information so that you have uh, people who understand the issues. You know, it's interesting how technology unleashes you. I just sat in a meeting in church Sunday. So the LDS Church, for those that don't know, are really big into genealogy, which is where we study our ancestors. And we just want to know our great, 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 great grandparents and all the stories and everything about them. And we do that. We want to stay connected to them. And it used to be a really old man or old woman's job. Right? It used to be the old people's job to just hand down the heritage. I sat in a meeting with 12-year-old kids because now it's all online at familyhistory.org, I think it's called. It's free. You can go find your heritage. Family Search. FamilySearch.org. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, FamilySearch.org. It was amazing, though. The 12-year-olds were teaching all of us how to go access everything. So when you think of technology, that's – it that is the yep. future that would genealogy never flew as fast as it will when a bunch of 12 year olds get their hands on it and can whip through the right. technology it's, the, it's technology natives which are our children mm-hmm. versus technology immigrants yeah. which is us right we're Me immigrants. And older, right yeah we're older I why remember, did you point to stan not, when you said well, older because you're than actually me. older than him <laughs> no oh he's older he, than he, you. he's seven almost seven years older than i am you dirty oh, man. oh yeah i know rob the cradle yeah you do. so <laughs> And, but I'm not that house. old, okay? I'm not that old. No, but um, I, I learned how to type you remember that? in high school on an IBM Selectric, right? It was an electric the, typewriter, but, but I learned that how was to a big type. deal. I took typing. I didn't take keyboarding. No. I took yeah. typing. And for a long time, even now, sometimes I feel like I can type a paper and push print. <laughs> you know, I, I know yeah. enough. Yeah. I, I can yeah. navigate the internet, you know. You know I, how to get Maybe I shouldn't admit this, but my kids, our kids, you know, it's... 
They're natives. I know. It's who they well, are. Well, even the young – I have a nine-year-old that can do everything. Yep. Everything. Give them your iPhone and they'll figure out the no, apps on I know. it like that. It's crazy. There's apps? When did they put apps on my phone? <laughs> really? That is so messed up. We're speaking with Speaker of the House, Becky Lockhart, her husband, Stan. Both uh, – were you a Stan? Were you a BYU guy? I was. See? So it pays off. It does. You guys making it big. Who, who are the Lock, who do the Lockharts revere? So when we think of – I mean I think of the Lockharts. That's who I want to be like when I grow up because <laughs> I'm so much younger. Um, I, I, who do the Lockharts look up to? I, this is going to sound cliche, but um, for, for, for my life and what I'm involved in and things, I, I revere uh, – the founding fathers, right? I mean, and they yeah. didn't all agree. No. Sometimes I think we have this idea that the founding fathers agreed on everything, and yeah. they did not. No. Um, they, some of them, didn't like each other. They at knew how all. to disagree, though, right? They absolutely did. And and our constitution and our form of government is the result of having to come together, people who didn't agree, having to come together and work it out and get the best solution. And so I I, I revere that. In that's a lot huge. of ways, because that's really what I'm about is hearing all sides, the majority, the minority, and, and laying it out there on the table and coming together with good solutions. That's I love really, that. And, and that's why I, I – other than the principles that I think are important yeah. to the founding of this nation, which they so aptly talked about, um, it, it's that process of, of coming together. Um, I thought for sure you, you were going to say Beyonce. Uh, no. Okay, not even close. You know, she was a member of a group called Destiny's Child before she was Beyonce. <laughs> Just thought you should know. Wow, Stan. He's full of this. Stan trivia. Don't don't let people know you know that. There's some <laughs> things you're late. supposed. He's got it. If you're ever going to run for anything ever again, hypothetically ever, ever. you're going to have to clamp down on him. I know, I know. Because if he throws out a Destiny's Child I thought, know. it's going to make Drudge Report. Yeah. Yeah, or having really, post. Okay, really Stan, who's your, who's your hero? Well, there are many. Um, one of our challenges as conservatives is, is communicating the message in a way that people understand it. For some reason, our messages aren't processed very well. Yeah, what is, yeah. And, and Ronald Reagan was the great communicator. I loved him. Just the sound bites that he gave. I, many times I'll just go read his quotes about uh, – I mean, there's so many great ones that just frame things up in a way that you agree with. Yeah. And and it was about limited government, and it's about uh, fiscal responsibility. Yeah. And and he had these wonderful. This just this wonderful. I think it was his experience in radio. Frankly, that, I think that it was. Did, he knew that, how to convey the message, but he could convey mm-hmm. it so well. And today, our leaders don't convey the message very he, well. He said, "Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall." I mean, everyone knew he was saying. I'm sure it was written. Gorbachev. Everyone knew he would say that. I'm assuming in the political sphere. Yeah. But he said it. But he said it also in a way that. What do you do? Everyone's like, okay. He said it. He didn't get shot. He didn't. He did actually. He did get shot. He didn't get killed earlier. He, yeah, he didn't get taken yeah. down by KGB. Yeah, another person who who I um, have a lot of respect for is Margaret Thatcher. Obviously, mm, and I've been. Maggie. There's a, f- a few people in the media who say I'm that you know Utah's, you are the Utah's Iron, Iron Lady. You are Iron Lady. And so I do have. I I do. And I'll copper I'll own copper that. lady. Okay, what? Let's go with copper. copper. Um, I'll own that. I'll uh, embrace that in a lot of ways. But I think it is. It's not necessarily everything that she stood for and yeah. everything that she said and did. And it's not just that it's, she's a woman. Right. She but had it's stylistically, a, yeah, she was very her. strong in a man's mm-hmm. world. Um, and um, But also you have to you have to look at um, some of her greatest strengths were also some of her greatest weaknesses. And so you can learn a lot from that. Yeah. 
What was? Well, give me a weakness of Maggie Thatcher. Well, Margaret she was Thatcher. very specific. I mean, she she blinders, right? Yeah, she, I mean, she'd, she'd go for her and goal, that, and that in a lot of ways um, led mm-hmm. to to her losing power. Yeah. So. You know, it's neat how we, we learn from people. We're speaking with uh, Becky Lockhart, Speaker of the Utah House of Representatives, her husband, Stan Lockhart, who is apparently the Speaker of the family. No, no not That's even that. Is that you too? Let him have a role, Becky. He does. Just throw him a speaker he, I role. I consult with him regularly. Is he Speaker of if you guys are going to move or not? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, when we come back, we're going we're gonna to find out what they're speaking about. We're also, I want to hear from them. Um, you know, Fourth of July is coming up. Why on earth should we be so grateful? A, and uh, how do we spread the fever of, you know, stepping up for our own country? And some of us need to start leading. Somebody needs to get in there and start leading, for heaven's sake. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. We're talking with Speaker of the House, Becky Lockhart. More when we come back right here on BYU Radio. Friends, to the Matt Townsend Show in the house, Speaker of the House. That's why this is in the house. Becky Lockhart, the Utah House of Representatives. She's the speaker, first female speaker of the House of Representatives in Utah. Her husband, Stan Lockhart's with her as well. Three beautiful kidlets. They live in Utah. Uh, one's away serving an LDS mission. Where again? He's in Richmond. Actually, outside of Richmond, but that's the mission. That's Richmond, good living. Virginia. Good living. Oh, yeah. boy. Political One area. One of his first comments was, there's a lot of trees. <laughs> yeah. What's with all the trees? <laughs> From the desert to Richmond. That's right. How cool is that? So we talked about your favorite heroes. And um, let's talk about Fourth of July is coming up. I, it just seems like a lot of these, a lot of us don't quite get how lucky we are. So teach us. What... Why should we serve our community? Why should we go about giving back to our country when a lot of people feel like they're, they're not being paid attention to, hypothetically? Well, the, the promise of, of our form of government is always there, right? If, it's, if, it, if, we're, if we're implementing it on the principles it was founded on, right? So I, can, I understand and I feel the same kinds of frustrations. Uh, especially at the national level that a lot of us have. And I, I would submit that most of that is based on this. We have, we have moved away from um, a robust che- uh, system of checks and balances between the three branches right. of government. Oh, yeah. We've moved away from that. And, Court and that will, decisions right, recently. Um, v- quite a few in a row, yeah. right, which is, which is a good thing, whether you agree with the policies of the administration yeah. you, but you or not. See the, you see you the see different those off- checks yeah, and balance, exactly. which is what, what the three branches are supposed to be doing. So um, we need to, in many ways, return to that. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, upset. Congress won't do anything. Congress isn't get any, getting anything done. <laughs> yeah. It's so slow. And, What's the deal with and, Congress? And this is where you, you see an executive who's saying, well, if Congress won't work, the people want it, and I'm going to do it. We should all be afraid, no matter who the president is. Right. If, if the executive is willing to say something like that, you know, government is supposed to work slowly. It's supposed to be frustrating. This is how you keep tyranny from happening, right. you know, these kinds the of things. Yeah. And the people's representatives need to take action legislatively to do things or not. Yeah. And that's the way our system's set up. It's supposed to be slow, supposed to be frustrating. And, and um, 
we need we need we need a return. Yeah. To a lot of those principles. Do um, you guys have kids that are involved in politics? You have uh, you have a family that's a service oriented family. One's out on a mission. Two of them. One's working. In, I guess they're both. Oh, yeah. You have a son in law that served in the military. So how do you as parents and what would you advise kind of the rest of us to, to how do you teach service? How do you teach whether it's public service you know, going and giving your life or a limb for your country, how do you instill that as a parent? I found that my kids imprint on what we do. Our example is the strongest influence in their lives. And so um, our kids, uh, I've seen it both ways. I've seen kids that kind of uh, get turned off to politics when their parents are involved. Right. Um, Ronald Reagan's family is a yeah. great example of that. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I've seen kids that get more involved, uh-huh. and and our kids have kind of taken that approach. Our three kids have a greater awareness of the world around them. Um, I remember our daughter; she was in a history class at, in in high school. Our middle daughter, and they wanted to discuss the the, the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And our, our daughter, for whatever reason, took the approach that that shortened the war and saved more lives than it killed. And she was against her entire class and the teacher and had this hour-long debate. Wow. And she was more than willing to make her case. And the fact that she was willing to stand up for what she felt was right yeah. was the important thing to us, not her particular yeah. stand on that issue. Right. So, because a stand might come and go, but yeah, the ability and our, to do Our it. kids sometimes, I think, because of our involvement, know – know a lot more or at least have a the yeah. context a little bit more than others. So it's the same same daughter. Uh, the teacher kept talking about our democracy, our democracy, our democracy. And oh, she boy. kept saying, no, it's a republic. It's a republic. No, it's a democracy. <laughs> same thing. No, it's different. You know, kind of thing. And finally, <laughs> you know, she, yeah. it's different. Is it's that when she was different. expelled? That's when no, she was no, 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 no. <laughs> but, but, you know, these are the kinds of things that our kids hear. I mean, they yeah. they hear me talking about it. They hear Stan talking about it. We Stan and I have... Uh, when was it? Years ago, we were driving to St. George, uh, and the kids were in the back, and we talked about some. Was it tobacco policy? Yeah. Oh, the wow. entire way, our Four kids were like, drive. "Oh, stop it, please!" We but don't we're even just, smoke. We're, I, we don't. We don't <laughs> use tobacco, but but it was all about you know tobacco yeah. policy and tobacco taxes and and uh, you know money for cessation and oh, all these kinds of things. And we didn't agree. I can't even remember what our positions were. <laughs> but, Pro patch, anti patch. Yeah. I, anyway, <laughs> but we talked the entire time about that and good things so, for iPods, right? Yeah. They put the headphones just, in your and kids that was are it. Like, Our parents are messed up. Yeah. Does, because um, that that actually, I've seen it. I've seen, I've been to a meeting, I've Stan called and asked me to speak to the spouses of the legislators. So I'm in a room with all of the spouse, not all, but a lot of the spouses. Meanwhile, legislation, I mean, you guys are in session mm-hmm. down the hall. That's why, that's why Speaker Becky couldn't come. Right. Uh, and other reasons. She didn't want to, you know, start a fight. She didn't want to face she up to the reality. She didn't want to stand, start <laughs> lipping it. That's right. <laughs> Getting in trouble. She'd have to call the, what is, what's the top, what's the co- top? Sergeant co- of Arms. Sergeant of Arms to get rid of him. Um, but I see She's all these done people. That before. I'm sure she has. <laughs> get out of my office, Sergeant. Um, I can imagine it. But I sit there and I see that. We see all the public side of it. But behind there's a very human side. And I just saw when when Stan was making the point that this was his last meeting. He probably won't be doing more of these. Um, But they were sad. The wives, the spouses were sad that Stan's done such a great job. And so I can only imagine. I mean, political side aside, they probably are. They might be glad, like, Becky, get her out of here. But you've given your blood. 
Yeah, and there's something about, and you would know a lot about this, that when you're um, in a very stressful situation, very high-pressure high, yeah. high situation, you bond to the people yeah. around you, right? So in the legislature, we, we have 45 days every year of just go, 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 meetings, votes, debates, just go, 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 go. And at midnight on the 45th day, boom, you're done. And it's 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 like a shock to your yeah. system. And so we do this kind of interesting thing because you've developed the even people you disagree with vehemently on things. You develop these bonds this familiar kind of a thing. And so we, you know, we turn off the microphones and joke around with each other, give each other funny gifts and, you know, <laughs> yeah. those kinds of things. Yeah. And it's a it's very much of a, a decompression bonding kind of an experience. Yeah. And that really is. Um, other than being involved in the process, see, I'm getting a little emotional right That's now. It's good. It's the people. It is. It it's always the relationships is, it? that I think I will miss the most. And it's it's the relationships in the battle, yeah. even the opponents, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, then I guess too, it's the thought of not having your community meetings and some of those people as well. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful that you care. Yeah. What if you didn't care? It would not be a good thing. That's a bad thing. See now, are you going to cry on me, Stan? No. Stan's excited. Stan's excited to have Becky back. Stan, wrap us up. Um, Tell me what it means. There's got to be some serious pride, though, too, knowing that your wife is rocking it, that she's changing Utah in our case. But how do you feel feel about Becky? And just what's that like to know this girl that wouldn't necessarily offer the prayer without coercion (laughs) for the church is now willing to stand a speaker? Well, you're asking me questions that are going to get me choked up here, Matt, so that's kind of hard. It's not even written, but I know. Um, I I guess some of the blessings from uh, Becky's service has been the ability for me to kind of get outside our relationship and outside of our family and just watch her grow and develop as a person, to watch her talents and abilities just come to the forefront and blossom, and to watch this woman that I married – and I, I, I constantly am – it sounds so trite, but I constantly say, wow, I am the luckiest guy yeah, in the world. That's cool. That's cool. She is um, – she's really cool. She's phenomenal. And I, I, I guess it's not going to end, is it, Becky? Oh, I don't know. I've got to find something to do. People think, oh, you know what you're going to do. And I honestly don't know. You don't know. See, that's what's cool. I don't know. I actually, I'm one I of those totally people. I, yeah. I just I, – I've – I try to pray about it, right? I mean, yeah. and and where is it that, where is it I need to be to get done what I need to get done? Well, the that's ten- what I really want. The know. tension is everybody thinks you're going to run for governor. Yeah. And but what I honestly believe is you really don't know. And don't. but you are praying to God, and you're you'll find out. You'll know. Yeah, it may be something completely yeah. different. You might start a trucking company. Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's not on the list, but I'll put it. Have there. you thought about doing radio? I know some people. <laughs> now, you know, the mere I, fact I said what? that, I all my bosses are going to be out there grabbing <laughs> I, this. I don't think I will completely. No matter what, I, I, this is something. Being involved in public policy, being involved in in making a difference, educating people about the issues, I think is something that I've learned. Something that I feel incredibly yeah. passionate about, and I, I have to be involved in some way. Yeah. Well, and I think I think you're a great couple. And I'm pretty sure that if you're not going to go to politics and once you guys are set financially, which, you know, if you do anything like the Clintons, ought to be just a couple of weeks. 
Um, <laughs> I heard they had earned $168 million, yeah. Matt, since they yeah. le- since he left the presidency. Can I, can I they, pay good, re- they pay regular taxes. But can, I, yeah. can I just suggest, though, that you guys, um, <laughs> you probably ought to start speaking. They make good money. I speak and I you earn are nothing. That's true. I earn you're, nothing right now. That's, yeah, you're, you're the old speaker. You need to go to the new speaking circuit. Well, Matt, we appreciate you guys. We've never done this for the money. I know. You, you, you has, don't do it. I mean, really. Yeah, you don't do it at all. It's interesting, but now you can. Apparently, I mean, like not on the national level, not local level. You probably won't ever do anything for the money. But on a national level, there's people making more money leaving their office because they were in office. That's probably the scary thing, isn't it? It is. Isn't it, that it, interesting? It, that's it's, not the it's been it's been a wonderful thing for us and our family. Uh, the there's just been a lot of blessings that have come as a result of it, and we'd encourage anybody else to to, to do it as well. Just because you're in the spotlight is not enough reason to not do it. Our founders, in, in fact, we were just in Hiram uh, two days ago at their Fourth of July celebration. Becky was the speaker. And as they read the names of all those that had fought in wars and died, I was just struck by the fact that there are so many who have sacrificed so much oh, for what we have. Totally. And People we, yeah. need to rise up. And 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 be involved and, and I was participate. surprised how many names this little town of Hiram, Utah, read has contributed. To... I thought, you know, well, there's going to be three or four yeah. names. It went on and on. Lives, lives, people, real yeah. people. Not time, sons, not money. Lives. Daughter, you know, dads, uncles, whatever. From World War One, World War Two, Vietnam. You know, That's huge. I just I I thought, when is this going to end? And this is just little Hiram, Utah. It was really, really impressive. That's beautiful. So, and what else could the rest of us do? So appreciate the Lockhart's. Keep it up. And you know, if you're ready, if you're ever ready to you know make big announcements or anything, you know where you can come. Hypothetically, <laughs> like when you guys get called to go on an LDS mission somewhere, there give you us go. a call. Come on, we'll announce it. We'll announce it. We love the Lockhart's uh, again. Thank you, Speaker. Appreciate you. Thank you. Well done, and thanks for sacrificing your time as well, Stan. You too, my friend. Appreciate you. We're out of here. We're taking a break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking service, and uh, you know, we might even take a, a feminine side of politics. One of our producers, Maddie Richard, has done a little research. On that topic, we'll be back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. friends and good afternoon this is the matt townsend show sad to report folks belgium up one zero in uh, extra time is that what we're calling it yeah this is a little bit different than the normal elimination just because there's two extra 15 minute periods oh really and if we're still tied at the end of that time then we'll have a shootout but so it's not over yet not over yet keep the prayers coming in <laughs> one to zero so oh. far. And my back is to it, so we're probably going to have to switch seats <laughs> because I can't see a thing when I'm facing James. Not that I'm supposed to be talking about that on the air. Hey, uh, did you guys notice? I don't know if you guys noticed. The Speaker of the House of Utah Representatives was here. Whoa. That was great. Yeah, Becky Lockhart. Yeah, incredible. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Great woman, great family, great couple, changing the world. I mean, really, that's our job. I think we have to step up. It's time we all step up and we, we change things. And... um 
So here's the deal. She's obviously an incredible example of a woman. By the way, the first female Speaker of the House in Utah, that's a big deal. I mean, right now we're, you know, we're pushing forward, making stuff happen. Um, in fact, though, uh, our own Maddie Richards, she likes to be called Richard, uh, prepared a piece to for us to um, to see some of her favorite women who serve us as people and why it's so important that we recognize those ladies and their efforts. Lately, I feel like there is so much talk about feminism and equal rights for women and how undervalued we are. And while I agree with all of it, I feel like some take it a bit too far. I could be considered a bit of a feminist. I'm all about women getting paid as much as men. I'm all for women in the political arena. And I pray for women in other countries who can't get an education yet. But I also believe in being a woman, not a man in a skirt. So I want to highlight some women who give amazing service, from mothers to politicians, who are, to me, a perfect example of bettering their community simply by being themselves. My mom. My mother sacrifices so much to serve our family, our community, and quite honestly, the world. Mothers give up everything to raise the future of this world. They try their hardest to help their children become something, become someone. And my mom is no exception. She gave up so much and continues to give up so much for us, her kids. Sandra Day O'Connor. As the first woman appointed to the Supreme Court, this woman had challenges. People didn't want her to be there. People didn't value her opinion. She served by being willing to take the criticism, make hard choices, and do the right thing, even though it was sometimes unpopular. She wasn't popular, but she stood her ground, stayed there, and by doing that, served everyone. Queen Elizabeth. Some people dislike her, but I think Queen Elizabeth is a woman who has dedicated her entire existence to service. She gave up every opportunity for privacy, normalcy, and relaxation to be the queen of her country. She served through difficult and good times alike. She's worked hard to preserve tradition and help her country move forward in a good way, while being a mother. Eleanor Roosevelt. This woman helped run the country, ran her family, and ran her own life. She is one of the most well-known wives of a president. She was the first lady when women were beginning to take a stand, and she took one with them as a revered, remembered, and celebrated woman. For a woman of her time, she didn't follow the norm. She never married and was perfectly happy being who she was. Her books are witty and an inspiration to many. She took her talents and her dreams and pursued them, went for them, even though it wasn't popular at the time at all. She took the encouragement of her family and her close friends, as well as the criticism from those she didn't know, and used it as a fuel to serve everyone around her with her writing. Jane Clayson Johnson. This is a woman who had everything by the world's standards. She was successful, beautiful, famous, and she gave all of that up to be a mother. And she is so... So proud of that. She's an inspiration to me in so many ways of being willing to do what you feel is right no matter what the consequences might be. To not judge others for doing what they think is right and for being proud of who you are. My fourth grade teacher, Merlin Schofield. Mrs. Schofield was never able to have children. We, her students, were her children and still are. She still asks about me when she sees my mom gives me a big hug when I see her in the grocery store. She's the one that taught me to love writing, that I was good enough to do whatever I wanted to do and be whatever I wanted to be. 
She's one of the most wonderful people that I've ever met and spends every day serving others. These women are such an example of service to society, to their countries, their communities, and their families. It's my hope to be like these women, to be someone who gives service, no matter if I'm a politician, a PTA president, a church leader, or a mother. They are all things to be proud of. They all take sacrifice, and they're all wonderful opportunities to serve. Well done, Maddie Richard. By the way, she's an excellent example of service as well. She oh, yes. Is. Yeah. And I, you guys jumped right in, so that was good. You, you were all, yes. She, she's a, well, it's true. She's, yeah. Nobody does more on the show, really. Well, that's debatable. Well, I mean, James <laughs> does more. Yeah. Well, and Mike does a lot. Yeah. Well, but, and Colonel Rob Sanders is doing a ton. But Maddie pitches in here and there. So. Well, let's just say Maddie showed up before. Yeah. She talks every once in a while <laughs> on the air. That just went right down the tube. She did a great <laughs> job. And uh, so maybe one of your assignments as you're, as you're preparing for your 4th of July, why don't you sit back, talk to your kids, talk about service, a little assignment for you there. And also, why don't you um, tell them who made the biggest difference in your life when it comes to service? You know? That's a great just, idea. Just a simple little assignment. From the Matt Townsend Show, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Jenny Layton, the happy gal, is going to be joining us. Jenny Layton from the blog, The Happy Gal, and uh, obviously the author, too, of Healthy Eating, The Happy Gal Way. She's going to be joining us. She's going to give us some tips about kicking unhealthy habits, which we will all need over this holiday of July 4th. You know, the barbecue, the potato chips, stuff like that. Good stuff. We're taking a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, a little update for those keeping score. Two to one now. The United States. Uh, did you hear that? That was Rob and some kids from grade school cheering. That was great. Um, two to one against Belgium in uh, extra overtime stretch time, which can only be found in World Cup soccer. Powerful. Uh, we're, we're hanging on a thread. Two to one is the score. But let's go to the real, the real source of happiness. Not the World Cup. Not. The real source of happiness is the happy gal. Jenny Layton joining us. Jenny Layton. How you doing, Jenny? I'm good. I didn't know I was the real source of happiness. No, I read it right here. It says the real source of happiness. (laughs) Who wrote that? I don't know. Probably the same person that told me you were speaking about healthy food habits. Because that's not what you're talking about. We're talking about service today. I thought that's what we were talking about. We yeah. can go there no. if you want. No, you want blah, to talk blah. about that again? No, why ruin a good <laughs> holiday? <laughs> yeah. Hey, talk I about agree. this for me because you, you, did re- you did write the handbook. You wrote the cookbook, okay. Healthy Eating the Happy Gal Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to talk much about diet. I really don't. But um, okay. chips are fine, right? Potato chips are in, fine. Yeah. Well, in moderation, okay. anything is good. Okay, so moderation meaning a bag? (laughs) Yeah, that reminds me. Do you know Brian Regan, the comedian? Yeah, I love him, yeah. 
He says the serving size is when your spoon hits the bottom of the ice cream carton. <laughs> <laughs> that is one serving size. Well, yeah. um, I'm going to watch it. I'll watch my calories, and that'll okay. make me happy, I'm sure. Actually not, but well, it'll make my we'll, wife happy. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it another time. Yeah, I've let's got do lots that. of good stuff to say on that subject. Talk about service, because here you are. You you know how to get your kids to serve. We just had Speaker of the House of Representatives for the state of Utah, Becky Lockhart. Her husband was just on. And both of them are basically trying to teach their kids as well how to be more service-oriented, how to give back to community, how to give back to mm-hmm. your, your country. How, you know, how do you go about doing it? How do you, I mean, you can't like mandate, you will serve or you're going to lose them. <laughs> you kind of miss the point when yeah. you do it that way. Well, you know, I think if you're going to establish a family culture of service, there's got to be a lot of good incentive to want to do it on the parents' part because who needs just another thing to add to their list, right? Right. right. So let's talk about a good incentive. Yeah, well, um, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there, and and in my home and in your home, there's probably some selfishness going yes. on. Yes, and even on my team here. <laughs> let's not let's not shoot from too much farther than my team. <laughs> we don't have to look very far. Well, and it, you know, I think with kids. Too, there's a lot of entitlement that goes on, especially in our culture where we're so blessed and have so much. And so service can be such a good antidote to those problems. Yes. Because there's a lot of unhappiness. Speaking of, you know, happy gal, there's a lot of unhappiness that comes from kids that are selfishness. A lot of research tells you, you know, things about them that they their relationships aren't as quality and um, they're less satisfied and happy in life. And um, have difficult handling adversity and things. And so that's a lot of really good incentive to want to increase service in your home. Sure. That's a great antidote to all of that. Not to mention how much happier your home feels when you have that service. Well, I mean, that's the thing about service. It's kind of contagious, right? If we could just get the mm-hmm. spark going. We, mm-hmm. have, we have a hard time just sparking it, though. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, I'll try threats. Hey, I'll try competition. First one to get someone served wins. I try everything. <laughs> yeah. And they all just look at me and they like, Dad, you're interrupting my game. Yeah. Well, it worked when they were three. You yeah. can make anything into a game, but you've got to get smart about it, don't you? Yeah, totally. get older. So well, hard. one thing that was really cool in our community about three years ago, so I live up in Davis County and the Caseville, um, Centerville area has these really high winds that come yeah, occasionally. Yeah, I remember. Do you remember when there this was, was that he- really bad windstorm? Yeah, storm? and people's trampolines yeah. were blowing through the yeah. city. Yeah, it was crazy. A lot of, lot of damage done. And so um, we were right in the heart of that. And I remember there were two days. They, we even canceled church, like our church canceled. And, and for that Sunday, everybody, instead of going to church, went and worked to help pull out debris and trees and, you know, just get people cleaned up. Yeah. It was amazing. What was really interesting about that, I had a son who at the time was 11, maybe 12 years old, and he still talks about how much he loved that. And, you know. Was it not going to church church. or was it the service? Yeah. (laughs) Let's be honest. I think that played into it, but it certainly was more than that because even to this day now, when a windstorm picks up, He's the first one to think to say, "Oh, I hope it gets really bad. I hope there's a lot of damage." Yeah, and and it's because he enjoyed that opportunity to serve and to really connect with our neighbors and our community. If there was just a whole different energy about his life for those couple of days. Now, you might want to worry about the child that you know that really wants disasters. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Let's 
let, let's just spin a positive. Yeah. Light okay. On this okay. One. I'm a good parent. Yeah, you yeah. are. No, you totally are. <laughs> but I think that's like that's a really big deal. In fact, um, that that's where I think I have a son out serving an LDS mission, and mm-hmm. it's the service side that I've heard from other people and other leaders that it's the service that the missionaries enjoy the most and feel yeah. like they're helping the most people versus even sometimes sharing the gospel. It's the ability to just get out and get in someone's life and serve them. Mm-hmm. And and on those bigger levels, it's easier for when the kids are completely submerged in that situation and they have to serve. Yeah. There's these really great results that they see, but real life is we wake up every day and somebody wants the milk first. Right, right, <laughs> or, exactly. You know, for the cereal, or they want to choose the movie that we're going to watch in the car, or whatever it is. And so it's kind of figuring out how to implement it on those smaller levels that's tricky. Yeah, I've always kind of believed that as a community, we are about one natural disaster away from uniting. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's kind of scary because we saw it on 9-11. When 9-11 hit, mm-hmm. we were all really close. Everybody mm-hmm. was united. Everybody was tight and together. And, you know, you know, these colors don't bleed. And then all yeah. of a sudden, uh, you know, now we're bleeding again. and <laughs> We're making each yeah. other bleed. That was a really neat thing to be a part of, um, other than the fact that it was a very scary, yeah. you know, not fun time for our country, but to see the unity that developed. Yeah. That was a really neat thing. So, yeah, let's do that in our families then. How do we do that in our families? Well, I think I've tried. Let me just let you know. I've tried paying doesn't work. I've tried paying <laughs> paying them off. I've tried intimidating, and I've tried um, com- making a competition. So I think uh-huh. your son's onto something. I think you just need a disaster. <laughs> disaster. So you know, short of setting fire to a field yeah. and hoping that brings you all together. But that you know, that, that is kind of one one thing though is sometimes just even asking someone to help you. Mm-hmm. I ran out of, uh, I didn't run, my battery died while I was filling up my car because I had to wait in line and I got out to fill up my car and my children and my wife sucked all the juice out of my already struggling battery. <laughs> plugging their, I've never their, done that. I know, their devices. I, I can't in. relate. <laughs> but what's amazing is, and I just had two or three people right there ready to start charging my car. Yeah. Just jumping out. Let's do it. Let's get her going. So even yeah. just a weird scenario like that where you just ask someone for help. Uh, I've yeah. found even having my son, instead of coming to ask me for help, um, I sometimes say, why don't you go ask your older brother to drive you? So instead of asking me to drive you, mm-hmm. just go ask your brother to drive you. And it changes the brother. Yes. And I've tried to implement that even this summer with my kids where, you know, the little one needs to go down for a nap, but I've got an 11-year-old daughter sitting right there that could do it. Or someone wants a story, but there's a 7-year-old that needs to practice their reading. And so there's a win-win there, but it also is just encouraging that kind of interacting. So that's a good way to do it. What are some more of your little tips to get people serving? Well, I think there's I think it's like anything, you want to approach it from a lot of different directions because you never know with which child it's really going to click. Right. Some kids are going to be really big-minded and community-minded and organized service projects, which I'd love to talk about. I think there's a lot of really good tips about how to plan organized service projects. That might do the trick for them. Then there's others. I have this little daughter that is five, and she's just the sweetest thing you could ever meet, and I I so deserved her. (laughs) Did you? 
I did. You need you needed you needed a a really nice perfect little child. Oh, I just did. She's the sweetest, and I remember once I said to her, "Honey, if you could do anything you wanted today, what would you do?" And she said, "I'd give service." Wow. And I'm like, really? Why would you choose that? She said, "Because it makes me happy." <laughs> wow. You you know you ought to have her hang out with your other child, your son. I know. <laughs> She does. That's neat. Um, she's, a, she's a good little influence. But there's other children, more of that disposition, that to her, um, letting someone have the bigger piece of the cake, um, that really gives her, that fills her service bucket up. And wow. so I think there's a lot of different ways to approach it. I don't know that that's necessarily common, but I do think that there's um, really more subtle ways that you can give service within the family that accomplishes the same purpose, which ultimately is think about other people besides you, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just, just, and maybe that's the key to some of this is just simply pointing it out, like point, mm-hmm. like just pointing out and talk about service as, as a goal. And then maybe point out your daughter's really great gift today. Like even just saying that, like you did on the radio about your daughter has probably got a lot of people's minds thinking. Mm-hmm. So maybe if we yeah. share more of the times that service is working in our lives, we would see it more. Mm-hmm. I think if you reinforce what you see, I think that that positive reinforcement is so important. Also, too, as parents, and this could take us on to another topic, that it's so easy to focus on the negative. But if you can see that your child has done something, maybe not everything perfectly, but something that was thinking of somebody else to really make sure you're focusing on that and yeah. because that behavior will reinforce with your praise and your attention. Love it. No, that's, I yeah. think that's it. We're talking with Jenny Layton, thehappygal.com. That's her website. It's a wonderful blog with tons of ideas. Plus just, she, she's the author of a cookbook for heaven's sakes and uh, healthy eating the happy gal way. We're going to take a break, come back. We're going to let Jenny keep teaching us more ways to bring service into our families how to like get our kids a little more service-oriented. I'd really like to hear more about these organized service projects as well. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You are listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about service, you know, everything from community service, being willing to, you know, run a committee, serve in your child's, you know, classroom, babysit college students like I do. Tons of fun. Yeah, right, James? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay, but it looks like Mike's in tears. I think actually Mike didn't even hear that. No, I heard it. The USA just lost. You're de- you're depressed. I'm. The, U- I'm the USA extremely. just lost two to one. Great game though. Wonderful we, game. We played like real Americans. Yeah, we did. We should have a song. Do you have a Do you have an American song? Like real Americans, we played soccer <laughs> at the World Cup. That's as good as it gets. Wow. Which is really that's not even a real sad. song. <laughs> <laughs> that that was that gave me chills in the, in the wrong no, way. No, in a good way. In a no, really like those chills you get right before you're like, oh boy, I'm going to be sick. 
<laughs> That's the chills it gave me. It's the, oh boy, I'm about to get sick chills. Are you not very patriotic? No, I am, but that was not a song that induced any patriotism. <laughs> it induced... It was a song born a of patriotism. physiological response. I get it. You were trying to capture the sadness of the loss. <laughs> I got it, because I felt, I, felt like, I felt the tragedy. Full of melancholy. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I was drawing from. Now I get it. Okay, now that was a great song. Okay. I get it, because you're like trying to capture somebody that just got shot on a... <laughs> and was dying. And getting run over by a bulldozer. Run over all by simultaneously. a bulldozer, right. Kicked in the head with a soccer yeah. ball. Yep. Buried alive. Wow. Well, you nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. I mean that in the best way possible. You, that was fantastic. Um, hey, let's go back to the happy gal uh, who's going to save us from this dark abyss that we call a World Cup loss. Jenny Layton's on the phone with us from thehappygal.com. That's the name of the blog. Jenny's a mom of five children, a writer, a speaker, blogger, coach. She does it all. She's also the author of a cookbook, Healthy Eating the Happy Gal Way. Jenny, welcome back. Jenny Layton, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Please make us happy. (laughs) You guys were making me laugh. That's happy. Hey, did you hear that song, Jenny? I did. Did you get Did you get nauseous? Um, I got a little nauseous. I, I you know what? I'm just not overly attached to soccer. Okay. So I I didn't have a lot of emotions invested in it, but right. I appreciated your interpretation. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it was because right then I not only got like nauseous, but and then I got the chills, but then I I felt this this sweat come on. You know the sweat you get before you're sick. <laughs> That's what I felt. Maybe it's just the sadness over the game. That's it. That's exactly yeah. it. Hey, you so don't Jenny, make your team feel bad. Yeah, I mean, it was really sad. They they tried really hard. And um, talk to us about service, though. We've got to get back to that. You, uh, okay. your mom, you've got a bunch of kids home right now, and you're trying to instill in their heart, in their psyche, the importance of serving others. How do we do that? Okay, yeah. There's a couple things I'd love to talk about. Those organized service projects are a great one. But so I've got this stretch of kids from toddler to teenager mm-hmm. and I'm starting to see how the little ones will jump on board with almost anything. Yeah, but sure. The older ones, you've kind of got to be strategic and spin things a little bit, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And so I've got this great idea I've come up with that we're working on implementing with our family where the kids still like to go out on dates with us, even the older ones, because it means food. It means like a restaurant. Sure. Good food. So, um, we're, we're trying to alternate every other month where we're going to do just something fun, you know, a movie and dinner or, I don't know, something fun and dinner. And then on a, another month, we're going to pick a, a service um, organization to be aligned with so that we're not just doing a one-and-done type of thing, but we're getting, um, you know, investing some, some time in an organization and getting to know the people and, and being able to see the impact over time. That's great. And, I think that's a really fun way to open your kids' eyes to others' needs and different life situations and help them really see how blessed they are and and also increase that, that feeling, those good feelings. I, I see it. In fact, it's so amazing. Just thinking about this show today, I thought how some kids just get service and they get work. They just get it. They've done it. Mm-hmm. They know how to just – and um, like I have my son-in-law – and his family, his name is Brady, and um, but his family, they just know how to work, and mm-hmm. they all hop up after a dinner, and they and I'm sure it's, they're not perfect, but they'll all go out and work in the yard. They're not afraid to work. My kids, 
seem to almost, I don't know, it's like they have post-traumatic work disorder. And it's like they must have had a really bad work experience somewhere, but they don't they don't get the service. And so this idea that that you're going to like have a have a service project, even an informal thing. If if we're going to go play at the park, let's spend a few minutes just cleaning up the park, too. Yeah. I mean, you can always throw it in there. So I think there's some really um, good uh, guidelines you can use as you're planning a service project for your family. And one of those absolutely is to consider what are your family's interests because if you have a really athletic family, a really outdoorsy family, then maybe something aligned with the parks and recs department of your city, you might be able to uh, help them with, like like you said, picking up trash at the park or helping um, organize soccer balls before they pass them out for the rec program or whatever that is that would, would make your kids naturally want to be a part of it and, and cultivate their interests um, that way. So I think that's a really good way to start is to look at your family's interests or if you're a real artsy family, is there a museum that you can raise money for or volunteer in or something? Um, yeah. I think I think that's important to do. I think it's also pretty important, too, to let the kids do as much of the legwork as they can and, and not arrange everything to the point that um, they just show up and do their part, like if they can help make phone calls or if they can help brainstorm what's needed or if they can help with the sub for Santa that they're helping to earn the money and it's not just mom and dad paying it and the kids hopping in the car and going and helping deliver the presents or whatever. Yeah. I think that's kind of important too. Well, and you, you know where you figure this out. I One of my kids um, just finished, actually two of them finished Eagle Scout Projects. Mm. which is a big community service opportunity. And mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden, you realize, though, how, what your children know and what they don't know. Like even just organizing something like that, boy, you realize, no, you have to actually call people. And you have yeah. to write, no, did you write that down? Oh, you didn't write yeah. that down. Okay, all right, well, do you know the person's name that you talked to? Oh, you don't? Okay. And um, so it feels like, but the funny thing is, is we just can't assume the teachers are going to teach this and that they're just going to get it. This is your job, parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They have to actually talk to somebody and not just text them. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that's what's so amazing because one time, you know, no one shows up. Yeah. And then, yeah. then, then. I know. So that's. That's a really, that's a huge benefit, I think, of doing those organized service projects. And I think another thing that's really helpful, too, is if you can help them get some feel for the the people that they're serving and what their life's like so that it's not just hungry kids in Africa, but you can somehow help them real know a real story yeah. about those people so that they can connect to that personally. You know, like, what would that be like for you? And really talking about it afterwards, too. How do you think those people felt? when they got their first really good meal in a whole day or a whole week or whatever it is. I love that. Um, maybe help solidify that experience a little bit. Well, that's, um, again, I j- it seems like it's a no-brainer, but I'm sure there's very few families that are out there doing that. We, we kind mm-hmm. of, it seems like we, we, we worry about the homeless and those that need support and help, usually around the holidays. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Fourth of July is a holiday. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, so if, if we're only going to think about them on holidays, it might be a good one to think about them on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's the key with anything is if it's a priority, it has to be scheduled in. And so I think you just have to, it, it's like exercise. It's like 
anything else. If it's not a part of your regular life, it's probably not going to just happen. Yeah. So I think when you're hearing something like this, you feel inspired and motivated about it. You then go, okay, where am I going to insert this in my calendar, in my life? Because if I don't, it's going to be like all the other good ideas that kind of come and go. And it doesn't need to be a burden either, right? I mean, it's like, oh, great. Mom's going to ruin this with service. <laughs> this was going to be the best day at the park, and now Mom's going to ruin it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Well, it could be. It could be subtle. Yeah, and that's you know what that's another thing I kind of wanted to talk about is I love the idea of big service projects, but really um, establishing a culture of service in your family comes from how you treat each other on a daily basis, and so I think you can be subtle, and I think you can also implement a few practices in your home that might help encourage that as well. And so, speaking of subtle. You know, it could just be something like um, planning a little surprise, like, you know what, let's go down and make your sister's bed and just see what she does. Mm. Or, um, you know, what if you gave someone else a turn to have the pick of where we're going to go eat or something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a test sale, but a few times doing it, they're going to feel something and they'll want to repeat that. That's great. Well, I mean, and, yeah. and then all of a sudden the service is... You know, it's in your it's it's in your talk. It's in your dinner. We talk about it at dinner. And what if you could get them to catch on to the spirit of I'm going to give back to my sister? Wow, heaven mm-hmm. forbid! Instead of maybe instead of fighting and mm-hmm. you know hurting each other, then we might end up serving, helping each other. Powerful. Bringing it back home is is really where the real value is going to be. That's great that they can go out of the home and have those experiences, but coming back to everyday normal life, that's where you want them to be able to implement it. And I just really want to also say that it's it's great for us to want to teach our kids these things, but where it's going to flow naturally and really happen is when we've got that spirit of service in ourselves. And so when we are naturally looking for ways to help people, we can have our kids tag along and they're going to pick up on it. It's going to feel so much more legitimate and sincere if they know that you're seriously looking for times and opportunities and ways to serve others in the family and outside of the family as well. You know, that's, that's it, isn't it? It again. And, but we're so tired, Jen, we're so tired. Do you know how hard it is to eat a bag of chips and then get up and go do service? We're yeah. so tired. No, actually, cause I, I only have it in moderation. So. Oh, wow. Look at you. <laughs> You're such hey, a braggart. Can I, can I share? I, there is this resource I really want to give to families. Yeah. One of the struggles that I had, especially when my kids were a little younger, was, okay, I can't take a 5-year-old and an 8-year-old to the homeless shelter, so how can I do something that little kids can also do? I found this great book. There's this author named Marilee Boyack, and she does some really great parenting yeah. stuff. I wish I'd written all of her stuff. I feel it just matches my style really well. But there's this great book called 52 Weeks of Fun Family Service, and it has really great ideas that you can work into younger families as well. And that was such a great resource for me when my kids were all really little. Oh, cool. Yeah. They can find it on my blog, thehappygal.com. That's the easiest way to get it. Go to thehappygal.com. And um, Marilee Boyack is her name. What was the name of the book again? 52 Weeks of Fun Family Service. I mean, seriously, if we're going to teach our kids one thing, it seems like service would be up there. Yeah, right at the top. Yeah. Yep. A lot of other good things will be born of that. Well, I think you're a great resource, Jen. And um, what, are you, what are you guys doing for the 4th of July? 
Like, I want to know what the happy gal does for the 4th. Well, we live in Kaysville, and Kaysville has a great parade. And here's the fun thing. Are you in the parade? I'm not in the parade. I'm just watching it with my kids. But at the end, they have a water parade. So they have these huge trucks line up, and at the very end, they're like fire hoses. And and so everybody whips out their water guns, and it's just this huge water fight at the end. That's the highlight of the whole parade. Sounds like bad hygiene. (laughs) <laughs> does it? No, it doesn't. That sounds really fun. So they're just, they, then everyone really just starts, they just kind of hose off all the really hot people, sweaty. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. um, it starts a big, like a Kaysville-wide water fight. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's really fun. Yeah. So Kaysville is a fun place to be for the fourth. We always like to be home. Then, then where are you going? The oh, guess where I'm going on Sunday. Where? Lake Powell. <sighs> Remember Beautiful. how we talked about yes. how we like Lake Powell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I assume you're taking a boat. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, Lake Powell's mm-hmm. a bore with that one. <laughs> you got to have a boat. So, yeah, you're going, so and you're going boating, and are you camping, or are you staying on a houseboat? No, we're renting a home in, in Page. Brilliant. Yeah, that's... That that's is very smart, yes. Because then, yeah. yeah, then you don't have to deal with the bats and the bugs. Uh huh. And we've camped too many years, and no air conditioning. We're, mm-hmm. We've been there, done that enough years. So and that did not great. make a happy gal. That didn't make a happy gal who didn't feel like doing much service because she was too hot. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. My so my service my service is uh, is always the barometer for my ability to do service is if I'm hot and sweaty. <laughs> that mean you're giving service or that you can't That usually means I can't give it because now I need to go to the air-conditioned place in Page and just <laughs> kick back. <laughs> well, Jenny, that's yeah. going to be fun. Um, yeah. Send us pictures. Okay, yeah. We'll put them on. I'm going to come down there soon. I'll yeah. come down and do the, the Whatever. Show. You know, just a lot of people come down, Jen. We hang out. A lot of them bring food, you know, stuff like that. But <laughs> you, that. you don't need to. You don't need to. Just if you want to. If you, if you okay. want, you know, if service, you know, whatever. Okay, I'll bring you cookies. Yeah. That's service. You don't have to. Just being on the show is service enough. Well, thanks. It's fun. I love it. You're awesome, Jenny. Jenny Layton, go to her website, thehappygal.com. Go check out that blog post that she's got uh, from Marilee Boyack's book. Good stuff, Jen. You rock. Happy Fourth of July. Be safe in uh, Lake Powell and Paige. That's not even roughing it. That's just, she's just going to Paige to hang out, water ski every day. Good stuff. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break when we come back. We're going to wrap up the show. We're going to talk uh, politicians. Who better to do that than our very own Colonel Rob Sanders? He's in the house. He's back by popular demand. Rob Sanders, this is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. We're wrapping up our show on service today and our own Colonel Rob Sanders. Who has, Hello. We, uh, Rob left the show. Uh, he got a better gig doing... But then I forgave you, so I came back. What did you do? Uh, you left and you run, the, you run the website. Yeah, well, there's just so many odds and ends. So they decided, we need Rob, because Rob no odd. I'm good with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> you know? That was like a wrap. Are you... Um, you're also in school. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yes. What was that music? Uh, that's my own fault. <gasps> the first Holy first rule cow. of uh, radio. 
of radios to mute your phone. But this is a big moment. I, I didn't do that. James, do you have something to play maybe? Is there anything you could play? Rob is now using a smartphone. Rob has entered the 21st century. It's a big deal. Hey, once those phones get down to, you know, $59, you're like, all right. Because that, I, I remember one. they, you went kicking and screaming into yeah. the 21st century. What well, took me till 08 to get a cell phone, period? Because I thought, well, you wanted to be a late adopter. Well, yeah, I just, well, it's the money. You, you think, oh, you have to go sign a two year contract and they want $100 a month. And, yeah. You know, so. But you're Didn't welcome. Welcome. And so in all of your research, you, one of the things I missed about you uh, and have missed about you on the show is that you used to be so into politics. Yeah. And today we've been talking about politicians and the need to, you know, maybe people need to step up and don't shy away from being a politician. Go in there and be the best politician you can be. Well, and, and how you judge, uh, okay, are they really being the best politician can they can be, or are they just pandering to the crowd? I think what they, I think a lot of them mean well, but I think some of them shouldn't be in there. Some of them just aren't the best politicians. They're not. That's what we talked about with Speaker of the House Lockhart. That maybe we're not getting the best scoop of yeah of life. Well, because it, is this person really a good guy, or is it a well crafted image yeah. that they're just really good at controlling? Yeah. Do they just have a lot of money? Who they are, and you you don't know because all you have to judge them off of is their public appearance. And I think too, uh, men versus women, you well, judge differently. Well, yeah, because Bill Clinton can say something that we all judge differently than Hillary Clinton. Apparently, well, yeah, because I mean, Bill Clinton, he'll say something, and even even if you don't like him, you're kind of like, yeah, well, you know, good old Bill. He know. was the president. <laughs> And then Hillary Clinton, somebody could even be a big fan and still yeah. kind of jump in and go, well, what's she trying to pull here? Yeah. You know, give us give us more examples, male, female. Well, it it kind of reminds me of the old adage uh, a television consultant told me one time that if on TV you have a male anchor and a female anchor, the male anchor has to just not have people hate him. But their audience research shows either you love the female anchor or you don't like her. There's, oh, really? There's, there's, no, there's an actual feeling one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, and, and I don't know if it's just hmm. what you'd call that, but uh, in American TV audiences. And I wonder yeah. if that applies to uh, politicians or CEOs. or. I think James feels that way, too, because he either likes you or he hates you. And you can usually tell. But that, that usually doesn't matter what gender you are. I either really like you or really hate you. Which I think is weird. I mean, we're all, you know. So there's no middle ground for Matt. You just... No, no, he doesn't like me. Well, I am. I'm the doctor of passion, so I, I feel passionate about that. So There's I a weird competition between us. Passionately like you or passionately hate you? Yeah, we're trying to decide which is the real doctor: the one with the K in his doctor, or the one with no K. See that? I don't think we'll D-O-K-T-O-R? ever answer that question. He spells it, yeah, he spells uh-huh. it. Wrong. Yeah, and nobody really knows the answer well, to that. When question. he drew up his own he, diploma, um, he got that from a K O L L E G E. Exactly. Hey, it's a thing. It is a thing, and it's legitimate. It's a it's legitimately a thing. Um, so I think there, we're onto something here because um, all of a sudden the Supreme Court came out with that ruling with Hobby Lobby. And now that's made a lot of people think that everyone's against women now. And they that what I'm hearing the Democrats are saying, they're going to ride that into the election and make it about women are being oppressed. So 
can a guy go and sit there and say women aren't being oppressed? I don't know if a guy can say that or a guy can't say women are being oppressed. I mean, in the end, who can say that? Well, it's, it's the uh, Matt Lauer thing that last That's week exactly. that made so a, a just, big deal. Yeah. You know, uh, Matt Lauer asked uh, Mary Barra of GM. Um, let's see if I find the exact quote here. Uh, oh, you're a mom. Uh, you said in an interview not long ago that you told your kids you're going to be held accountable for one job, and that's being a mom. Given the pressure of this job at General Motors, can you do both well? So, is it, you know, can you be? Can you be a mom and a CEO, the CEO of GM, and a mom at the same time? And that created a stir. That firestorm last week of saying, "Well, is." Is that appropriate for Matt Lauer to ask that question? Would he have asked – and that's a good question. Would he have asked that question to a to male CEO of – Rick Wagoner yeah. when he was in charge of GM? I Can you be would. a good father and CEO? Well, I would think he wouldn't. Did he – what did he say? Uh, well, he never asked that question. Oh, I thought, I thought Matt was asked that. I would – he would never ask that question. Could you be, you know, president of the United States and a father? You know, if I were her, I would have turned it around and been like, well, hey – you spend a lot of time away from home hosting the show, Mr. Lauer. Uh, can you be a good father and host yeah. the, you know, was he on the Today Show? Yeah. Well, he was probably tell that comment. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's complicated. And so I guess in the point of all of this, as we wrap the show up, uh, here's the deal. So forget everyone else. Forget all the other politicians that drive you crazy. Forget every politician that's ever let you down. Forget it all. And then let's just ask this. What are you doing to serve? If you don't like government the way it is, will you please just shut your mouth and step up and do something about it? Serve. Go get involved. Go, you know, go be a member of your political party, whatever party that is. Go step up and do something. We need a lot less complaining and a lot more doing. That's the goal of today's show is just hopefully get you to appreciate what's coming up on the 4th and what we're celebrating. We really have got an incredible life. And uh, all politics aside, community aside, go serve. Go become the change, as Gandhi says. You become the change you seek in the world. And we'll change the world one one person at a time, one act of service at a time. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks again for joining us. We are out of here. Till tomorrow, back with more ideas, more tools to give you a leg up in this crazy thing called life. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio.